Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Paper Route. If you are listening on Sirius XM Faction Talk 103, which is what this channel is right here. Thank you. If you're watching us on YouTube, we thank you as well. Um, it's Thursday. We've reached the end of our Paper Route week, and uh, we still have a lot of things to get into. Brandon, how is your day? How's your morning going? My morning is going actually smooth. Um, well, get. Mm-hmm. It started off a little rough. Kids, mm-hmm. three kids, get it, had to get them up, get them to school, get them fed, do all of that. And uh, so that was a little bit rough getting them out the out out the house today. But then I went, did some yoga, meditated, and it's been really smooth. I drove down to Miami. I'm on South Beach right now, so I'm reporting live from South Beach, Ashley. Well, South Beach is convenient. You were outside last night, ran into you, so you're no. close to where you were. Yeah, you you had a you had a a beautiful red was it a red suit? It was, was red, that? yeah. It was a suit. Yeah. Was that Tommy Hilfiger? No, or it was Tommy not. Tommy Oh, are you allowed to wear? Yeah. Anything other than Tommy Hilfiger? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm good. I'm ready right now. I, I, I wish y'all could see Ashley right now. Uh, last night to this morning, Ashley just woke up. <laughs> I didn't just wake up. <laughs> Um, yeah, like for me, like when I put it on, I put it on, but this is how I am most of the time. So right. It is what Just it is. Chilling. Um yeah, so Delilah opened in Miami. That's it's right. uh the second no, the third location, the other two being on the West Coast, Vegas and LA. Mm-hmm. And um it was absolute chaos. Um, it's one of those places that I feel like people who live here will really get to enjoy when everyone else leaves. Um <laughs> It's just, it was, it was too much going on. I'm somebody mm. who like, I went for an hour and then I went to Gecko, which is a really dope restaurant here in Miami. If you guys aren't familiar with it, had dinner and then came home. I just cannot be in crowds like that. It just, it's just too It much. was a it's lot. not enjoyable. I can't really move around. I can't scan the room 
correctly and appropriately and like mingle because I got to do all these laps and it takes me like 25 minutes <clears> each <throat> lap. It's just, it's too it's much too going much. on. So um, you, beautiful location, you, but uh, I'll, I'll spin the block later. Do you think it's going to be a hit? Delilah's like, so I don't know if people are familiar with it. So Delilah's really not like a party place. It's a restaurant and it's only like turns into like a pop in like party environment. If someone hosts like an event, like Drake made it famous, obviously the H Wood group, he owns a piece of that. Um, so like he, if he threw a party there, it was fun, but on a regular night, Delilah is just a restaurant. It's not like a, it's not meant for what it was last night, which is yeah all those people in there trying to party it's truly right. just a restaurant that has a little bit more of like a lounge feel but it's not meant for what last night was trying to make it into so um i think it'll do well i think the only one that really is like a true party party vibe is the one in vegas right yeah the one Everything in vegas is dope. just a restaurant yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so mm -hmm. but if you guys are in miami after art basil um definitely check it out i'm sure it'll be a lot calmer a lot uh more enjoyable once the chaos and everything body leaves it doesn't officially open until i believe the 15th or the 14th so um another week or so but it was definitely oh. uh miami's definitely getting all the spots now we'll never have to leave and go anywhere else i know I, miami is the hottest city and i know we're on the radio right now and have listeners all over the country um and if you're not in Miami, I'm sorry. Miami has been the hottest city maybe in the world mm. since the pandemic, right? Because everybody, For sure. yeah, yeah, when the pandemic hit, everybody in New York and even some folks in LA, but mainly New York, uh, migrated down to South Florida or even just Florida and just took over. And of course, you know, while everybody was shut down, like, Florida was wide open for the most part. Wide like open. Our, oh, I mean, our governor, I mean, like, unbelievable. Um, so Miami is the hottest city, right? It, it, would you still say it's still the hottest city or is it? No, I mean, um, economically, it's the, um, it has the best economy in the country. And right. that also was tied directly to the fact that during the pandemic, whether you agree or disagree, um, the country, the country, the state never shut down so the economy kept generating revenue and also right. because the state was open and other states were not people who like you said were fleeing from the northeast and even from la and wherever they're from were coming here generating helping to generate that revenue buying real estate bought renting properties you know spending their salaries new york state salaries in the state of like it just completely generated and boomed the entire market from a real estate standpoint, from a commercial standpoint, from a um, software standpoint. It's just Florida's um, South Florida, Miami specifically, is booming in all those markets. So I, I don't think it's awesome. gonna um, change anytime soon. So, right. yeah. um, let's dive into some Thursday headlines. What we got? What you got for us, Brandon? My first, my first headline is uh, uh, Woo NBC. Since we're audio only today, I feel like you guys could turn your audio on like we did last week. Like, how, how do you guys feel about that? Man, we perfectly fine with that. You already know. Ooh, okay, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> uh, for, for me, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so we have our producers joining us today. It's always great hearing their perspective. VC uh, got a shot, and he almost fumbled the bag, and 
um, a couple of shows ago, well, a couple of weeks ago, he came out and he did his thing. Uh, so BC, you'll hear the, the voice of another New Yorker there. And, uh, you know, we have uh, uh, another producer, Wu, Andrew, who I call him Wu. Um, his perspective is, uh, is very soothing and calming. And he's thought provoking. So excited to hear you guys today. Um, guys, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, they're going against each other. Biggest uh, game of the weekend, maybe the biggest game of the year. It's going to be exciting. You know, I know some people are still, you know, uh, questioning the Eagles this week because of what they're outing against the 49ers, 42 to 19. But I'm not. Uh, I'm not buying too much into that game. It happened, right? But who's going to outperform who? That is my question, Ashley. Will Hurts outplay Dak in the biggest game of the week, maybe the biggest game of the year? I'm getting a note from our producers that your mic is rubbing against okay, something. There we go. Okay, there um, we go. Fix my there audio. There we go. There we go. All right, so mine is, listen, Josh Allen, can he finally get a win in Kansas City. There's a lot of uh, talk about Josh Allen. Is he a quarterback that can win in the big games? Is he a quarterback that can go ahead and compete with the bigger names in the NFL? And not to say that he's not a big name, but when it comes to productivity and wins in those clutch moments, in those big game moments, compared to his peers, sometimes he falls short more than he doesn't. So the big question is, big game coming up for the Bills. Can they, may they, I mean, the Bills get a win? And Josh Allen, can he specifically finally get a win in Kansas City? We shall see. But we're going to first talk about the play heard around the world. And uh, it's the play that has caused a lot of controversy in the NFL. And then as a tush push or the brotherly shove, depending on who you ask. And it may come in handy Sunday against the Cowboys, but... The Eagles should be prepared for it to possibly be eliminated from the playbook in terms of what is legal and what is not legal. Now, according to The Athletic, Roger Goodell, the commissioner, wants to get rid of the play after this season. Jason Kelsey, as we know, Hall of Fame center, the heart and soul of uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, probably the best center in the NFL as well. He's been part of several pushes, and he actually, He spoke about this yesterday, so take a listen. Commissioner Roger Goodell wants to permanently ban the brotherly shove. That's right. It's all coming to an end. Once the commission starts talking about it and saying he wants to get it done, it's going to get done. Mr. Goodell just made all our lives a little easier in the NFL outside of the (laughs) Eagles organization. Jason, do you fully expect it to be banned next season at this point? Are you just sick of the debate? Listen, ban it. I really, at this point, I don't care. I'm over... The discussion about it. To be fair, it would just be banning like the push in the back. Everybody would still be able to run the QB sneak, I think. Well, that's where I'm kind of like, you know, whatever. We were really good at running quarterback sneak before we did the push. I don't think that it's a necessary part for it. It certainly helps. There's no question about it. All right. Um, listen, we've we've been discussing this play a lot this entire season um I feel like more so than last year because it has become such a instrumental part of the Philadelphia Eagles offense and I think also because of how productive it is how reliable it is for their offense it's a play that usually 
always works. And for some reason, it's a play that a lot of other teams have a hard time duplicating the same success. So with that in mind, how do you feel about Roger Goodell potentially wanting to get rid of this? I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I don't even know how to approach these conversations when it comes to, um, what do they call it? The whatever, what is that committee? Uh, forget the committee that always comes together as coaches and personnel guys around the league and ladies. Um, I don't know how you sit down and say what's right or what's wrong when it comes to a play like this. Um, but it's gotten a lot of, um, a lot of attention. We're still talking about it and I'm not surprised that they're going to ban it just because of the conversation. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. me personally, I wouldn't have went and banned it. It's like, we put our minds together. We created a, a play that's unstoppable. A lot like the, the wildcat. You know, Miami Dolphins mm. brought the Wildcat to the NFL and teams couldn't stop it for a year and they had to figure it out and they figured it out. So for me, if I'm Roger Cadell, I'm like, figure it out. Uh, but I'm not surprised uh, that Roger Cadell went this way. Um, a lot of a lot of a lot of talk this year. We've been talking about this thing feels like every other week. This is unbelievable, Ashley. Yeah, I mean, listen, <sighs> I I understand the and I said this earlier in the season um I said that there's a possibility because of how much the Eagles have perfected this specific play and how other teams have struggled to duplicate that same success because of how lopsided it is there's a possibility that the NFL may feel pressure from other owners, from, you know, the NFL PA, you know, coaches, you go down the list and name them to go ahead and remove this as a legal play just because of how lopsided it is. We're not not talking about a play that let's say half the teams in the NFL do successfully and the other half can't, then it's like, we're not going to ban something just because your team can't do it. But there was one team that nine times out of 10, this always works. And then everybody else, they're lucky if they can get it to work once. Although I don't necessarily agree with banning it. I can understand the ideology behind banning it just based in, in that fact. And I do think, though, however, it would set a bad precedent for the NFL to ban a play just because one team is really, really good at it. Um, Because there's been other plays in the NFL playbook throughout history that one team has been really, really good at. Other teams are able to sort of do it, and some teams can't do it at all. And you learn to adjust. You learn to stop it. You learn to figure out how to prevent it from even being a possibility on a fourth and one or a third and one or whatever the case may be. Right. So I just feel like banning something because one team can do it and the others can't just sets a bad precedent because where then does that line end? I don't know. Uh, That competition committee, excuse me, that's what it is. Uh, I don't, if I was in that room, I would be, I probably won't even be invited to the damn room. They probably wouldn't even let me in there. I, I, I wouldn't even know how to add any value to this, Ashley. I mean, to me, like I said, it's just like, you know, it's almost like what, what happens if you create a new passing concept or running concept that's almost unstoppable? Mm-hmm. 
Like, now you want to ban that? I just don't get it. I don't get it. They're not doing anything illegal. Have they, Earlier in the season, they were talking about guys potentially getting injured. Has How many people have gotten injured on this play? So I don't understand it. Um, you talk about competitive advantage. That's exactly what we spend. We, we spend all of our time looking for the edge. The mm-hmm. Eagles found the edge. They shouldn't be punished for it. They shouldn't be punished for it. Yeah, I agree. I think that, like I said, making it to where um, it's banned simply because the Eagles have figured out a cheat code to make something work for them that other teams have not or cannot just sets a bad precedent. And I feel like once you cross that threshold, it just leaves too much room for that to be done in other situations and other scenarios. And I feel like the game is about adjusting to things that are beneficial to other teams, not prevent, like not removing them. And I feel like this is no different. Like if you don't want them to use the tush push on you, Stop it. And we listen, we saw it in the 49ers game. They barely ran that play because they were so far away from, (laughs) you know, a third and one situation or third and inch situation that they couldn't even do that. They had them back at sometimes three and, you know, third and 19, like figure out how to take that out of their playbook. Don't remove it from, I just feel like that's making it easy for other teams. It's a little bit of a cop out. So right, We, we will see what they really do. Well, you know where Roger Cadell stands, obviously. We just heard that, Um, but we will see. And we will also see uh, Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott battling it out this weekend. The game of the weekend, Sunday Night Football, Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, rematch, NFC East battle. It's going to be rough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be chaos. Um, So we're going to go ahead and play a little game of who you got with some of the biggest matchups. And we're going to start with the one I was just talking about. So game of the week. Might be one of the games of the year. Dallas, bright lights, star, all of that. Who you got, Jalen Hurts or Dak Prescott? I think the others are going to be the ones that uh, decide, ultimately decide the outcome of this game. Others being, you know, wide receivers, tight ends, maybe it's defense, maybe it's a defense alignment. I don't think Uh it's going to come down to Dak or... Jalen Hurts, obviously, they're going to play their role. Um, but I don't think it's going to be one of those Josh Allen, Joe Burrow matchups or Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes matchup where it's 40-something, 40, 40-something. 40 I think it's going to be tough. I think it might be even a little ugly. Um, but because I uh, picked the Cowboys uh, to win this game slightly, I'm going to go with Dak Prescott. Uh-huh. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we saw when they played them the first time, you saw Dak Prescott press a little more, a good press. You don't, you never as a player want to press, but when you're in these big situations, these got to have it moments, you got to do a little bit more. What does that mean? Like a quarterback takes on, he may stand in the pocket a little longer. He may take off and lower his shoulder, may not run out of bounds. You got to get the first down, right? Like this is a huge game. A lot is on on the line here. And so I'm going to go with Dak Prescott, Ashley. I'm actually going, I'm going Dak Prescott as well. I'm Um, not surprised. I don't think anybody's surprised. I mean, nobody's surprised, but I think that also Dak is, uh, I just, I'm tending to go with the trajectory and the flow 
of a quarterback and where right. they are the season. And although Jalen Hurts has been finding ways to win football games, and this is not a knock to him. I know there's been a lot of talk about Jalen Hurts recently. I don't know if you saw Derek Carr, um, Derek Carr, David Carr, um, on David Carr still around. He's on NFL Network. Still. And yes, and NFL he said Network still on. He, he said something. <laughs> he said something absolutely asinine. Like again, I'm no Philadelphia Eagles defender. You know, everyone knows. You know, whether you listen to this show, you follow me on social, and watch the show. I don't like the Philadelphia Eagles. Like I just don't. And I mean, that's no secret. But I'm also I can be objective in the fact of gauging talent and giving credit where credit is due. And the Philadelphia Eagles are a good football team. Jalen Hurts is one hell of a quarterback. And the fact that David Carr was on NFL Network saying, and let me make sure I let me make sure that I, I get this correct because I don't want to misquote him, but it was so insane. He said, quote, I'd say he's probably better at playing quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles right now. He'd be more productive. And when I say he, or when he says he, he's referring to Marcus Mariota. What? Marcus Mariota. Hold on. No, 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 no. Hand to no. God. Hand to God. No. Hold on. He How went do... on NFL Network and emphasized that Marcus Mariota should be QB1 over Jalen Hurts. Think about how insane that is. Just just let that dice digest for a second. Damn. I am the you know biggest Philadelphia Eagles hater in the world, probably. That's absolutely asinine that you would go on television and actually say that. And worse, that you actually believe that. Ashley, this whole time I'm sitting here saying that he was put in a bad situation. He being David Carr. Yeah. Number one overall pick to the Houston Texans. No offensive line. Just absolutely just, just getting smashed every time he dropped back. Yeah. And I just think he just like lost. That's what I thought. But now him saying this, saying something like this, low IQ, low IQ as you can't have low IQ at the quarterback position. There's no way that he said this. Um, I don't believe it. I need to hear it. I'm sorry, Ashley. I, I just, I can't believe it. There's no way. Marcus Mariota. No way. Unbelievable. David Carr. We are uh, revoking your analyst card. You can no longer discuss any football, any um, – can't even talk quarterback. You're done. He's done. Yeah, like it, – it's honestly, like, insane that even – it's just insane. But, but going back to Jalen Hurts or Dak Prescott, I just feel like all the momentum right now – is with the Dallas Cowboys, with Dak Prescott. And yeah, we spoke about the fact that, you know, when you get punched in the mouth like that, especially when you're a team that has been rolling all season, you come back and you want a little bit of revenge and you take it out on the next team. But I also think that because of how well the Dallas Cowboys are playing, and also they have something to prove too, like, you know, a lot of people have discredited Dak, has discredited this football team because of the games that they're winning and the teams that they're winning these games against. 
you know, they'll always say, oh, it's not a, it's not an actual contender. It's not a winning team. And even the Seahawks game, the Seahawks play, you know, tough football. That's not a team that's just going to let you steamroll them. And even that wasn't a win that was believable enough for people to say, oh, the Cowboys are legit. So I think that they have a chip on their shoulder too. So you have two teams that have two chips for two different reasons, but I'm leaning towards the Cowboys at home. Like I said, Dak has had a nice little week of rest. Um, He's just playing really, really good football. I I do think the 49ers beat up on the Eagles a little bit, that they're going to have a little bit of, you know, rough and tough and bangs and, and, and bruises, you know, from that game. And I think that if the Dallas Cowboys play the right brand of football, their brand of football, that they can play against teams that, yeah, may not be contenders and things like that. But the brand of football, the style of football, the skill of football is there. They just need to let that be applied to a team like the Philadelphia Eagles. I think it's 100% possible. My money's on them. You know what? The This just came up for me. The Dallas Cowboys are missing a huge opportunity right now. Why aren't they running the play? The Dallas Cowboys. Running the ball? No, running the play. The play being Debo Samuel's trash talking play. Like where's <laughs> who do you Micah want Parsons? who do you want to be the trash Micah. talker? Micah? Micah. Micah? Said, oh, that's true. Yeah, you know, he say wild things, but usually it's after a game, right? Like I gotta watch his podcast and see if he said anything leading up to it. Yeah, he should have said something. That might be the Philadelphia Eagles kryptonite. Player comes out, trash talks them, right? And then now the pose, the team, you know, that that's doing the trash talking, they got to back it up. So they go harder. They they walk in all black, right? All black Air Forces, all of that, and it's over. It might it's even a blowout. Ashley, yeah, I mean, listen. Could, could this game could, could could this game potentially be a blowout? No, could the Dallas Cowboys potentially blow out the Eagles. No. You don't think so? I don't think it's don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think these are still two really good football teams. They they tend to battle it out with each other, and it gets down to the wire. Most of these division games, I mean, outside of you know the Eagle, the the Giants, and the Commanders, because right now they're just in disarray. But when the Eagles, when the Eagles, when the Giants and the Commanders were more on an equal playing field with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. All of those games, plug in whichever matchup you want, they usually always came down to the wire. Like the, That's why I say the NFC East is one of the best reality shows in the NFL because those division games can go so many different ways. Like sometimes it's a blowout. Sometimes it goes down to the wire. Sometimes, you know, the team that you underestimate is the team that wins. I mean, I remember there were when, uh, you know, back in the Odell Beckham Giants days, those Cowboy Giants games used to come down to the wire. Like, it was rare to get a blowout. You would get them every now and then, but it would come down to, like, a play. It would come down to who had the ball in their hand last. Like, that's what makes the NFC East so much fun to watch. I feel like you don't really get that in a lot of other divisions in football um, because I feel like it's so drastically, like, these are the best teams and these are the bad teams. Whereas right. in the NFC, I feel like sometimes it's a mixed bag and it's a little bit more even keeled. And um, it's unfortunate this year it's not the case because the Eagles and the Cowboys are so far ahead of everybody else. It's just really right. a two-person race in the division this year. <laughs> but um, I don't think it's going to be it, a blowout. I think it's going to be a real competitive, really, really good football game. Right. What is I'm, it? I'm excited. It's been 20-something years. Uh, it's been 20-something years. Never had a years. back-to-back division yeah. winner. So. Right. We'll see. We're hoping that stays the same. Um, all right, so moving on, we're talking now 
Uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, listen to the AFC East battle. The Bills are traveling to Arrowhead KF- KFC, KC, <laughs> to face the Chiefs. Uh, huge games for both teams. Josh Allen obviously has something to prove for different reasons than Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs have not looked so hot. They've been a little bit of inconsistent, um, a little bit of a roller coaster this season. They're coming off of a loss against Green Bay, a shocking loss against Green Bay. Um, they're trying to get back into Super Bowl mentality. A lot of teams are starting, a lot of, you know, fans and media heads are starting to question if this is a team that can even go that far. They don't look so hot. Travis Kelsey obviously is playing with some sort of lingering, nagging injury. And on the other side of the conversation, you have the Bills who tend to underperform. And Josh Allen, a lot of question marks if, is he is a, if he is a quarterback that can win you the big game. So. Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, who you got? I'm scared for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Josh Allen is streaky. You know, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, And that's the scary thing. Uh, It seems like, (laughs) it seems like he may be back on track. Uh, And since they made the change, things have turned around. But it's Patrick Mahomes, Ashley. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I can ever go against Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Like when you, when you think, when you think he's done, and when you think they're done, he comes back with, he comes back with more. Last year, you know, offensive line problems. Two years ago, where they went back to back to the Super Bowl, right? Kansas City Chiefs lost one, then won one, right? Um. Yes. So the 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 first one, <clears throat> offensive line horrible. He's getting smashed. No Tyreek Hill, they find a way. Boom. Or was it? Now I'm getting the years confused there. Last year, ankle, you know, challenges. No Tyreek Hill. Find a way. You know, this year, they've been, they've been actually solid all year, but they've been doing it in different ways, right? It hasn't been on the offensive side. Tyreek Hill not being there uh, is finally showing up two years later but they're still winning. But then now in the last couple of weeks, it's like, all right, what team, who is this? But Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, right now he's top five quarterback of all. He's a, he got, he's in a discussion of, he's not even in a discussion he is. He's a top five quarterback ever. And for that reason, uh, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to, you know, bet against Patrick Mahomes. I, Any I concerns though it. with how I mean both teams are inconsistent. Yeah. Both teams are inconsistent for different reasons. So you're basically saying the inconsistencies of the Chiefs don't deter you as much as the inconsistencies of the Bills. Yeah, it's just like if uh Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan, even LeBron James, they have a bad game, just a bad game for them. It's not a bad season. Mm-hmm. Great players don't have bad seasons. Patrick Mahomes, I wouldn't even say he had a bad game. But it's Patrick Mahomes. He, he tell me the last time he had a bad season. I'll wait. Going back to college, I mean, high school, like he has, he doesn't have bad seasons. So what we're saying is, this is the year that he could potentially have a bad season. They're going to continue to lose. They're not going to, you know, what they're they're not going to make a run. I, I just can't believe that. So I think that. Uh, I think I think uh, the the bills are inconsistent. I think that the the, the Chiefs 
are just struggling on offense, right? And what I mean by struggling, it's big plays. Mm-hmm. Big plays. There, where are the big plays? And then there's the drop balls. But defensively, they've never had a defense like this in a Patrick Mahomes era. And so they're, they're able uh, to lean on the defense a little bit more. And so I don't think it's inconsistency. I just think, you know, their offensive identity uh, has changed a bit. And um, I can't put my finger on why, because they did it already without Tyree Kill, right? And I know mm-hmm. you're, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times, uh, Travis Kelsey, you know, being banged up, but, you know, I, I got to roll with Patrick Mahomes. The Bills, what are we going to get from Josh Allen and the Bills? I don't know. I mean, I I think so, too. I don't think we're going to get two back-to-back L's from um, the Chiefs. I, I, don't, I just don't think at home. Um, well, the other one wasn't at home. It was it was Lambo. I don't think we get two back-to-back L's from the Kansas City Chiefs. I definitely don't see them taking this L at home. Um, I don't think this game is going to be a wash. I don't think the Chiefs are going to steamroll the Bills, but I do think that the Bills will get in their own way um, and the Chiefs will take advantage of it. I just have a hard time believing that in December, I mean, we're talking about the 11th hour of the season at this point and the habits that you form in these next few weeks are going to be the habits that either make or break you in the playoffs. And right now, the Chiefs have been a little sloppy with their habits and it's resulted in games that were winnable, but they lost. And I think that they're really having those conversations in the locker room. Like guys, we're better than this. You know, we play better than this. We have been better than this. You know, the hardware that we all have at home on our fingers, the the trophies in the hallway here, like show that. So we got to start playing like that. And I think that's a real conversation that's being had. Um, so I feel like that's what we're going to see um, from Kansas City. I just think the Bills at this point, I just think there's too much going on within that team at this point to correct it, to change it. It's just too much. Um, yeah. I just think the connection of Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen is just not there. Um, you know, there's other things going on with players off the field. I feel like the trust between the coaching staff and the locker room may not a hundred percent be there anymore. I think the faith in Josh Allen may not a hundred percent be there anymore from player to um, player. I just feel like there's so many underlining things that are going to somehow, some way always showcase themselves in a game. And the lack of the biggest one for me is the lack of connection. There just seems to be a disconnect between Josh Allen and his offense. And that is something to the credit of the Kansas city chiefs. I will say this, even through all their ups and downs, you never question the chemistry of the team. Like you just, you question maybe decision-making you maybe question, you know, is a team as healthy as you think that they are, but you never really question the chemistry. Even with Travis Kelsey not having a great game or not having great games this entire season, you've never questioned the chemistry of him and Patrick Mahomes. You never yeah. question the team's belief in Patrick Mahomes or in Andy. You Lee. never see him argue. I feel like you, you don't have that in Buffalo. Right. Yeah, you, don't, you, don't, you don't see that, right? Obviously, you know, everybody's different. And, you know, Diggs is fiery and super competitive but Ashley look the last time we saw the Bills uh they took 
the Eagles down to the wire. They could have easily won that game. It went into overtime. Uh, the Eagles won 37-34. Josh Allen had a day, uh, 29 for 51, 339 yards, average 6.6 yards mm. uh, per attempt, two TDs, and again, one costly interception. But I would say that it wasn't it wasn't the defining moment. Um, and so when you when you also look at the stat sheet, Gabe Davis had a, a big a big day, six receptions, 105 yards, averaging 17 yards per reception. But the 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 most interesting part about the stat line for Gabe Davis, and it says a lot, mm-hmm. 12 targets. Stefan Diggs had 11 targets. So as a wide receiver, when I see this, right, what I see is this new OC, right, because they fired their guy. Because, you, you you know, we, we talk, well, uh, you know, where's this offense at? You know, uh, can they get back on track? Can Josh Allen be the guy? Well, they made the change, and this is, this is the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. And when you see Gabe Davis with 12 targets, that's intentional. Because a lot of times when you have a dog wide receiver like a Stephon Diggs or uh, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, it puts a lot of pressure on everybody in the building, starting with the offensive coordinator. Yo, you better have a whole uh, uh, separate uh, call sheet just for that receiver. Figure out how to get him open when he's, you know, at the X. Figure out when he's out wide. Figure out uh, what you're going to do. You know, when they start doubling, can you put them in motion? Do you put them in the slot? Do you put them at the three? Do you bring them out the backfield, right? What mm-hmm. else does that, who else does that affect? The quarterback. The quarterback, you got to think the quarterback is taught, hey, here's your first read, your second read, your third read. Here's a, here's your fourth read. If you can get through that, go through your progression, right? Depending on what they do, if it's cover one, cover two, cover three, cover four, that determines where you look. It's not drop back and look at your number one receiver all the time. It's like, no, on this particular play against this particular coverage, here's your first option, here's your second option, here's your third option. But when you have a guy like a Stephon Diggs who wants the ball, who wants to compete at a high level, a lot of times Josh, the Josh Allens of the world drop back and they just look at him regardless, and that creates a lot of problems. So when you see mm-hmm. Gabe Davis with 12 targets, that tells me that this offensive coordinator and Josh Allen probably just say, you know what, we for this offense to work, and I agree with this, for this offense to work, we have to spread the love, right? And it's actually going to get Stephon Diggs open even more, and we're going to be more efficient. We'll be able to stay in front of the chains, and we might be able to salvage our season. Now, their schedule, Ashley, is definitely tough, but for sure. it's still Josh Allen. Like, going into this year, let's not forget, right? Like. We're talking about can the Buffalo Bills win a Super Bowl? There's only a few guys that we have that conversation around every single year. Patrick Mahomes, there's the Joe Burrows of the world, Josh Allen's in that uh, in, in that conversation. Hell, Justin Herbert's not even in that conversation. So um, they got the Chiefs this week. Then they got the Cowboys, big deal. They got the Chargers, Justin Herbert. Then they got the Pats, and then they got the, the, the Dolphins. And we will see. Can they get it done? But right now, you know, it's not looking ahead, just looking at this weekend. I'm rolling with Patrick Mahomes. How the hell can go against Patrick Mahomes? It's fair. It's fair. Well, we yeah. shall see. Um, an interesting matchup coming up here. Uh, this is gonna put you in a in little bit of a situation. Let's see if you can take the homer out of it. We have a divisional matchup. Sorry. 
We have a potential upset alert in Chi-Town. The Bears are playing well and will host the division-leading Lions. So I know you're not too hot on the Detroit Lions. You're not really buying in on the stock. You're not buying in on all the the hoorah-rah that's surrounding this team. But when it comes to this matchup, who you got, Jared Goff or Justin Fields? Ashley, do we – where's the game? They will host uh, the Lions, so it's in Chicago. Yo, I picked the Bears to beat the Vikings. Remember that? I'm picking the Bears to beat the Lions. And then what I want, Mm -hmm. here's what I want. Here's what I want. Please appease me. So I'm in Monday. It could even be a tweet, Ashley. Brandon, you are right. How you're Astrodomus in basketball. Let's make up a name. I've been I've been cooking all year for real. Talk, I called the Denver Broncos turnaround when nobody was willing to say Russell Wilson. They wouldn't. They didn't want to say his name. Nobody want. Let's ride the Denver Broncos. Stop saying let's ride. And then we can go on and on and on. Like there's about four or five key moments throughout the season where I stood on the table and when everybody's going right. I went left. There's another mm-hmm. moment. Chicago Bears will beat the Detroit Lions in Chicago. Soldier Head. Soldier Field. Excuse me. You like it? You, ro- you rolling with me? I'm going with the Lions. <sighs> yeah, I'm going with the Lions. Sorry. Um, Why? Why? This is a team that I think that you're underestimating. I think that the Lions are the division leaders for a reason. Um, I think that... Um. I just, I don't know. I, I just, I'm really liking the brand of football that the Lions are playing. I know that everybody will say, well, they lost on Thanksgiving. They always lose on Thanksgiving. That's very on brand for them. Like, I don't use that as the gauge. Um, I just think that this is a football team that people are really, really sleeping on. When we talk about dark horses and, and things like that, the Lions very much fall in that category. And I, I just think that although Chicago, Justin Fields, you... I know Justin Fields, you're so high on him in terms of, you know, the type of quarterback that he is, the type of quarterback he can continue to develop into being. And, you know, this is no knock to Justin Fields at all. I just think that when we're talking about complete teams, top to bottom, the Lions just have the are just better. And I am always a firm believer. Most of the time, the they better were team better. In football always wins. They were, were better. It's a tell of two, two, se- two seasons. Or what do you say? What, how, how do I say? Help me out here. Two halves. Say, tell, well, that's two halves, right? You know, it's yeah. in the game. Can I do that in a, for a season analogy? Mm-hmm. All right. That's what it is, Ashley. Right before the trade line, they go out and get sweat from the commander. Sweat in that defense is starting to ball. All right? They can turn the ball over. So that's creating more opportunities um, for the offense. But also, it's just putting the opposing offense in just a tough situation when you got playmakers, uh, whether it's uh, in, in the secondary or uh, front four. Um, when you got defense, as you know, especially in this type of weather in Chicago, it might be snowing. <laughs> this is a dome team coming to Chicago. Stay with me here. Mm-hmm. A dome team coming from Chicago. Jared Goff, where's Jared Goff from? Huh? Where's Jared Goff from? 
Who, where's Jared Goff? From, isn't he from L.A.? He okay. played in L.A. Jared Goff. Who, where's Jared Goff from? He's from California, not L.A., but I knew he was from California. Some little old hands, and he might Nevada. wear gloves. Where is he? Nevada, Nevada California. California. They get a little chip, chip little, 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 little uh, chilly there. But you got these little old hands coming into Chicago. He ain't ready. He's a dome boy. He's a Cali boy, a Nevada boy. Come on, I'm telling you. And then Justin Fields, he will protect the ball uh, this week. Remember, they almost lost it because what? He fumbled twice. Those are fixable. Correctable. Let me fix Let me fixable my, my language right now. Those are correctable. He'll be fine. He's going to have a huge game. And it might be one of those games where he only he may only throw for 120 yards, but he may be, you know, run for 150, 160 yards. Ashley, please consider changing your I'm pick. I'm not changing. Ashley, uh, go in your little cookie jar. I see it on the side over there. Take out 100 bucks and bet the Bears. No. And then come next week, you say Brandon Marshall said it. Brandon Marshall is hot. No. But you got to admit this, though. You got to admit this. The game will be closer than what most people think. You don't think you don't think the Detroit Lions is. That I agree. That I agree with you. Okay. Okay. That I agree with you. I'm going to text you. Actually, I I don't bother you on the weekends. I'm texting you this weekend. I agree with you there. I will say that it's going to be a lot closer than people think. And I think that's a fair assessment to make. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. Um, Yeah. Them boys is practicing in Chicago right now. I mean, Detroit's cold, too. They probably go outside. I don't know what they're doing, but that's a big deal. It's a big deal. All you got to do is turn on the film and watch Chicago last week. But anyways, I digress. All right, let's go ahead and move on to, uh, I feel like this one's going to be kind of easy to to pick. We got the LA Rams versus the Baltimore Ravens. So who you got, Matt R- Matt Ryan, Matthew <clears throat> Stafford or Lamar Jackson? This might be a trap game. What? No way. The Rams. You've been sleeping on the Rams going back to I'm not, preseason. I'm talking, I'm going, I'm going quarterback, quarterback who you got not a trap game for lamar jackson lamar jackson i'm going lamar jackson lamar jackson i don't even know if he hit his stride yet i'm being honest like i i not once this year have i seen uh a human joystick type highlight yet like he's obviously made some special plays but you know usually you see lamar take off for 70 yards stiff arm and do spin jump over somebody dive into the end zone, right? There's times where he's had moments where he threw for 350 yards. He hasn't had that game yet. Um, And he can beat you so many different ways. And sometimes we forget that. Like a guy like that doesn't have to throw for 350 yards uh, to impact the game in a major way. So Lamar will be fine, but don't sleep on the Rams and don't sleep on Stafford. They're still in the hunt. I'm going Lamar. I don't think it's going to be a contest. I do think that it's going to be uh, a closer game, but I think if we're just comparing quarterback to quarterback and quarterback performance, Lamar Jackson all day. Um, Speaking of Lamar, what are the chances he just kind of just goes off, off the end of the season and just runs the table when it comes to the MVP conversation? 
<clears throat> right now, like we always say, the MVP in for the first time, I feel like in a very long time can go in so many different directions. And we're now in week 14. It's usually by this time of year, we know more than likely who's going to be the MVP. But I feel the cool thing about this season is that we're week 14 and it can be a quarterback, multiple different quarterbacks. Tyreek Hill's very much in the conversation. Christian McCaffrey's very much in the conversation. You got a rookie who's very much in the conversation. Um, yeah, so how do you think um, the end of the season is going to work in terms of Lamar's MVP conversation? I, I, I don't see it. I don't see I see him making huge plays. I see him having huge games, you know, but they're just playing really good ball, complimentary football. They don't need Lamar to do that. And I think that I don't think that they're I think they're protecting themselves, meaning like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why do we need to go out there and drop back 50 times? Like We don't have to do that. Um I don't think this is it. I don't think this is the year for Lamar Jackson to put another MVP trophy on his mantle. I do mm -hmm. see this as a year where he could be putting a Lombardi trophy on his mantle, but uh, not MVP. You know, what Purdy is doing, what Dak is doing, um, what Tyreek is doing, you know, they're the favorites. Now, if they plummet, then that will change the conversation. All right, let's go ahead and move on to another who you got. This is going to be interesting because uh, it's going to put you in a head or heart situation here, all right? Mm -hmm. We got one more, and we're going to make a stop in L.A. for a game that I'm sure you're going to be watching very, very closely. Again, head or heart. The Broncos, the Broncos, the Brandon Broncos bandwagon is going to be visiting the Chargers in Los Angeles. So the 6-6 six and six Denver Broncos sitting at 500 right now. Already lost to the Houston Texans, so that's one L. Yep. So, so going so into this my, game, who you got? Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson. My heart says uh, we know Russell what your heart Wilson. says. Yeah, like <clears throat> I, I just been in a locker room. I've been in these moments so many times where you know I just like the the psyche of these situations and you know the players after losses or wins, like it's so ingrained and embedded in me and so when I think about where the Broncos are and in the, in, in the game they just had I think it woke them up and some people say well didn't they wake up six weeks ago they're five and one over the last six games right no defense has been cooking offense just been making plays now for them to get what they want and what they believe they can have offensively they got to go. That wasn't good enough. That start down there in Houston was not a was not good enough. And when you play against good teams, you can't fall behind. Now they had an opportunity, and this is a this is exactly what you want, right? They had an opportunity at the end of the game. The ball was in Russell Wilson's hands. He drove all the way down there, and then they end up not getting it done. After that type of game, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson probably before they even. Uh, left the Houston on the on the on the damn what is it called getting on the on the plane they probably just sat there and said you know what it's time to go we got to open it up all this run on first run on second screen on second down you know then try to cook on third like we just got to take our chances we got to go 
So uh, my heart is always going to go with Russell, but my head is also going to go with Russell Wilson as well. Like there's just too much at stake for him and this team. They have uh, more to lose than the Chargers. You know, the Chargers is thinking about asking like, damn, who's going to be our head coach next year? That's what mm-hmm. they're thinking about. That's what they're thinking about. Justin Herbert, like, is he okay? Didn't he get nicked up? Like, I don't know. Russell Wilson all um, day. Come on now. Come on, ride with me. Let's ride. Ride with me. I'm 50-50 on. on this because, again, it's two words, Brandon Staley. I I just, it's a, it's hard for me to ever truly ride with the Chargers because of him. And I know that I've said in the past, and I said at the beginning of the season, that the Chargers will win games in spite of Brandon Staley. And they have, they've had, they have done it, but they also lose because of him. And I think that Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, although, you know, they're at 500 and the season started really, really rocky and they lost to Houston, I still think that you're going against two vets in the game that will go ahead and be able to capitalize off of Staley's shortcomings. So because of that, I'm leaning towards Denver a little bit more than I am the Chargers. The Chargers are so damn talented. Roster, defensively, offensively. Just like you you said to me on the last one, saying about the Chargers or the Broncos. No, no, what I I was going to say was that they're so talented, but they just don't have the right general in terms of the coach Mm -hmm. to utilize that talent. And although you can say, and I have said, like I said a few seconds ago, they'll win in spite of him. You still need a coach that you can win because of or win with. And I think that's the biggest knocks against the Chargers. So I'm actually going to go Russell Wilson on this one. I'm going going Denver. And then also just tell the the good people on SiriusXM Radio. I am not a a believer. Say you're a believer. no, I'm, I'm Will the Denver Broncos make the playoffs? Ask me after this game. Oh, my goodness. Ask me Monday. We'll see. Oh, my goodness. It'll be week 17. You'll be like, yeah, I don't no, know. Ask me Monday. Ask me Monday. This is Listen, um, we want to present something really, really cool to you guys. I'm Athlete is proud to present an exclusive in- sit-down with Bengals star T. Higgins. It is part of the Behind the Drive brought to you by Mobile One. So here is a little, little taste of what you can expect. You know, I grew up, you know, with obviously my father was in my life, but you know, he was in you know, prison for the most part. And, you know, he had finally was able to get out, finally got to come see me play football. You know, he came to some of my first few NFL games. And, man, it was just so, so, it just felt like my family was finally coming back together. And, uh, obviously, uh, he passed away. You know, last year, right before his birthday, right before that Steelers game, man, that was that was probably one of the lowest points of my life. You know, uh, because you know, I was I was just so happy to you know finally have him. Back. Mm. So yeah, that's um, behind. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, 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 I was going to ask you to tell us a little bit about your experience and and how it it was. Like what the vibe was like, you know. This is uh, this is pretty cool. 
I we launched uh, I am NASCAR a couple of years ago, and uh, it was an amazing thing. But the relationships built, the connections that we created, um, really got us to this point. You know, basically a year and a half ago, flew out to San Francisco to part the the NASCAR partners meeting, and I presented on I am athlete platform, and uh, you know where we're going. And there was a few brands like Uber to the Toyotas of the world and the mobile ones of the world. It's like, we really like this. And so a year ago, we started working on uh, this concept and now we're ready to launch. And this is behind the drive. And it was, it really was, and it sounds so fun. It was inspired by Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson gets traded from Seattle, Ashley to Denver. And uh, he posted this clip. Uh, one day, it was like five in the morning, he was on the way to the facility, and he was talking about his father. He lost his father, and he had tears in his eyes, and it was just like, it, it moved mm. me. And so when we start talking about the connection between, you know, uh, us as humans and our cars, I say, yo, this would be a dope concept to be able to follow a few guys around during the season and just vlogging pretty much, like, what comes up for you in a car? What are you feeling today, right? And so this series, uh, we're following around three guys, T. Higgins, Patrick Sartan uh, II, and then also Tank Dale. Tank Dale obviously just went down. And it's a three-part series per guy. So there'll be nine uh, episodes, around six to seven minutes uh, per episode, and you never know what's going to come up during their drive, right? Uh, T. Higgins, for him, he talked about growing up and, you know, visiting his mom in a halfway house or a shelter, excuse me, and eating dry noodles for dinner, you know, mm -hmm. and losing his father last year in the season and sitting in a dark room for three, four days. And so these are some really moving uh, and powerful conversations. And I'm uh, excited to present, you know, Behind the Drive in collaboration uh, with Mobile One. So T. Higgins will drop here tomorrow and Patrick Sertan next week and then Tank Dale to follow. And then we'll also continue to drop videos uh, throughout the remainder of the season and postseason. Love that. So make sure you guys uh, check out the full piece as part of I Am Athlete. Uh, and mobile one available now and uh we look forward to seeing the other ones also it's gonna be a really cool it's a really cool concept want to make mom's day get to your nordstrom rack now and score amazing deals for mother's day which is sunday may 12th find tons of gifts from only 30 dollars at nordstrom rack fragrance jewelry luxury bags activewear beauty and more save on kate spade new york Stuart weitzman and ted baker london Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, let's go ahead and talk some Jamal Adams and uh, the relationship between players and the media. Now, kind of a wild story out of Seattle. We hear all the time about, you know, uh, athletes kind of clapping back at reporters and and the media and especially in the day of social media it's now easier than ever to just go ahead and send out a tweet or leave a comment calling out a reporter calling out a report whether it's factual whether you just don't like what they had to say whether you do it from your direct account a direct account or you do it from your burner account or to kd but jamal adams uh who played in new york before seattle got into a little bit of a twitter war with a New York reporter with apparently whom he has history with. Now, the reporter posted a clip of Adams getting burned on a TD last week and captioned it with the word yikes. So let me go ahead and, and break that down one more time. So it was the highlight of Jamal Adams getting burned on a touchdown. He posted that. Again, this is a New York reporter. We all know about the New York media, a little bit of a troll, and simply said yikes. Well, then uh, Jamal Adams then found a picture of the reporter with his wife, posted it on Twitter and captioned it, yikes. Um, Brandon, this situation's, uh, it's a little, it's, it's a little much. I'll say this and then I'll, I'll, I'll give you the floor. Right. Um, I'm all for trolling when it's equal opportunity so what the reporter did was troll a play that happened in real in a real game it wasn't manufactured it wasn't personal it wasn't you know private it wasn't below the belt it was what transpired in the game now maybe people can go ahead and have their opinions on whether that was professional whether it was not professional but all he did was say yikes to something that actually happened. It's a highlight from the game. It happened within the parameters of the game on the field. You know, it's no different than if the highlight was talked about on NFL Network, ESPN, and somebody said, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. You can't like, it's free game. Right. So then take something within the realms of a game and use your counterpunch to attack this man's wife who didn't do anything to you. She's not a reporter. Her husband's a reporter and say yikes, which is, I would assume is criticizing how she looks. I didn't see a picture of her, but that doesn't really matter. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. That's his wife. I just feel like was a little bit of a low blow from Jamal because he didn't attack yeah. you personally. He didn't right. call you a bum. He didn't call you out of your name. Did you he didn't see attack the play? Your family. I did, did see the play. The, I watched, I was watching was the, the game. What was the play? He just got burned on a touchdown. He basically, um, let me see if I can go ahead and, and pull it up so I can yeah. describe a little bit more specific to you. Well, no, well, you don't You don't even have to, Ashley. Like you said, I, I agree with you. And Jamal's wrong here. It was a, a low blow and uh, mm -hmm. it, he shouldn't have done it, right? Like, you know, you got burnt on a play. And I, I, I know Jamal. I like Jamal. Me too. Um, always speak highly of him. Um, this was one of those things where he got in his feelings, right? Why did he get in his feelings? Because the last couple of years, his career hasn't gone the way he wanted to go. He's been injured. You know, um, he's a high profile guy. Uh, he's super dope. He's super fly on the field, off the field. Um, he is, he, you know, 
he was he was a superstar. I mean, he still is a superstar just because of who he is. But as a player, he's not that right now. He's not. He may not ever be that. And so he's probably in his feelings because the mic. He feel probably the microscope is on him every time he walks on, and people are expecting him to show up how he used to, and he's not. And, and he's probably embarrassed. And so, Ashley, I agree with you that this was a low blow, and it shouldn't have. It shouldn't have happened. He shouldn't have did it. He shouldn't have did well, it. Well, there has been some developments. He, uh, Jamal Adams did delete the photo where he said, yikes. But as we know, Twitter captures everything. She's a screenshot away. His response was, don't start nothing, won't be nothing. Um, then somebody actually responded, a, a fan or a troll or whatever. Somebody who follows him on Twitter responded to that tweet and said, this man is doubling down on it, shaking my head. And Jamal responded, I ain't doubling down on nothing. I stand 10 tones with it. Bro made a hell of adjustment on the ball last night and made a play. Salute. It's the NFL talking about the play. Um, And then he actually retweeted something that I want to go ahead and get your take on before I continue reading down his timeline. He retweeted. It looks like I want to say um, this guy's an attorney retweeted in a tweet that says, I don't know why media members think they can constantly scrutinize and personally demean, belittle, and antagonize players with no repercussions. It's all, quote, business is business until it's not. So understand players are real people too. Do you think that's a fair justification for this situation? Say that one more time. I'm sorry. It says, "I." this is an attorney that Jamal Adams retweeted the tweet and it says i don't know why media members think they can constantly scrutinize and personally demean belittle and antagonize players with no repercussions it's all quote business is business until it's not so understand players are real people too do you think that applies to this situation it does not it does not but i will say this though ashley um sometimes we don't know uh the history behind some of these relationships Right. Jamal Adams used to he was drafted by the New York Jets. Connor Hughes, the video I actually sent yesterday. We never played it on the show. It was actually Connor Hughes talking to, when I was talking about the pass interference going against Byron Maxwell. He was saying, like, you know, I was one of his favorite guys to uh, cover as a Jet. I always gave him sound bites, et cetera, et cetera. And it's the same reporter that uh, Jamal that we're talking about now. Connor mm-hmm. uh, is interesting. He can be spicy. You know, um, I did a good job with the, the 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 New York media because I always kept it real with them, and we had real mm-hmm. conversations, privately and publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe uh, there's history here, Ashley. Right? Like, when well, you it's think about- interesting you say that, but hold that thought because the following tweet is Brian Costello. For people who don't know, is a New York Jets me. beat writer for the New York Post, um, and he put out a tweet that said. I've covered a lot of players through the years, never met anyone who was more of a phony than Jamal Adams. I always thought he was a bad guy. Today, he proved he is even worse. Then Jamal responds and says, ah, here comes Mr. Potato Head, Mr. Hughes, right-hand man. Truth be told, I don't care. I do not like you, never liked you. You're terrible at your job. You don't know me outside of the game of football, so keep that shit pushing. Mm. Yeah, J- J- Jamal's in his feelings right now. Like I again, we just talked about this 
You're talking about the uh, Denver Broncos versus the uh, the Chargers, right? Who do you have segment? Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert or Justin Herbert or Russell Wilson? I talked about like a bounce back, basically a bounce back game, and understanding, you know, where these guys' mindset is. I can literally feel what Jamal Adams is feeling, right? Like when you're not balling and you're not, you, you know, uh, who you know you could be. Uh, you take things personal, and it is personal for them, right? But at the end of the day, it's all business, and, and, and it's so hard to separate as a player. You know, like people, reporters, and you know, I've I've had my run-ins with reporters as well. But reporters, that's their job is to uh, to commentate and uh, to give their you know perspective on you know the game. And so for him to say, "Yikes, look, it is what it is," uh, you know, but I didn't see anything out of bounds there. Mm-hmm. And Jamal just took it personal. He's in his feelings. This is all ego. I side with uh, Connor and Brian there. And I am uh, a big fan of Jamal, but I'm also a big fan of Brian Costello. And I um, I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of Connor. Um, I, you know, I had no problems with him. You know, he did it. He was cool. He was cool. We had no beef. We had no beef, but I can see you know, uh, how some players may, you know, uh, not like Connor because he can be a little spicy. Like I Almost said, New passive York aggressive media, in a way. New York media is definitely uh, not for the faint of heart. Um, speaking of New York and New York media, the Jets announced that Zach Wilson got his job back yesterday. He is now the starting <laughs> quarterback <laughs> for the New York Jets once again. Now, New York has a meeting with Houston this weekend with the hot rolling CJ Stroud. And the Jets have to win that game and all the others if they even hope to have a shot at the playoffs. And it looks like as the weeks continue to dwindle away, that seems more and more um, just less of a uh, or less and less of a reality I should say so we're back where we started from square one <laughs> how long will Zach Wilson be the QB one of the New York football Jets I mean he should be the quarterback for the rest of the year and he should never have been taken out uh and it was all just pressure from the fan base it was pressure from the media um you know and, and that's why he was taken out now I say that because he gives the Jets the best opportunity to win, whether we want to believe it or not. Like Zach Wilson's, you know, mediocre play, 150, 200 yards passing is better than the other two guys. Like it just Mm -hmm. is, right? And so, you know, that's why he's in there. And uh I could probably see Robert Sala sitting there saying, all right, y'all asked for it. Y'all been calling for it. I gave it to y'all. Y'all see, was it any better? Was it any better? And so, you know, I don't think it was, I don't think it was, uh, uh, I don't think it's the wrong thing to do it when you're out of, uh, you know, you're not in position to reach your goals, maybe out of a playoff uh, berth. Like, yeah, you want to look at other situations and then you start playing into the politics, right? Just because the noise could be that loud where it just creates this toxic environment and turning, you're like, you know what? I couldn't see, you know, forget it. Let's take this guy out. Let's save him some heartache and let's take, save ourselves some heartache and let's go in another direction. But at the same time, you still have a responsibility. Like you got those guys in the locker room. It's like, we want to win. 
and this guy isn't it. And so, you know, there's pressure internally as well. And then, you know, don't forget about Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers, he he stood up for Zach Wilson, talked about assassinating his character, et cetera, et cetera. And I could see Aaron Rodgers going in saying, guys, we know who the better quarterback is. Stop all this political bullshit. Put him back in there. Aaron Rodgers is a real one. Everybody else, like when you think about these coaches and these general managers, it's all it's all positioning. It's all political. You know, it's strategy. Where are we at today? Where are we trying to go tomorrow? What are we doing with Zach Wilson? And a guy like Aaron Rodgers like, do the right thing, period. That's why I vibe with Aaron now. So, I mean, let's talk about the elephant in the room here. I mean, Zach Wilson has faced a lot of criticism for his capabilities or his incapabilities. Um, There's been a lot of question marks if it's just the situation in New York that's not conducive for him. And to to Zach Wilson's defense, excuse me, um, there was a period in time when he was the starter that the Jets were still going through some growing pains. They weren't um, exactly where they wanted to be offensively and defensively yet. The offensive line still needs a lot of work. that's been detrimental to him in a lot of scenarios, a lot of situations. But I wonder if we've seen Zach Wilson as a starter with the Jets, but prior to Aaron Rodgers getting there. So with all of the things being brought into the formula, to, in the equation, you know the the shortcomings of the t- the shortcomings of the team as the whole, the New York media, Zach Wilson's shortcomings, what he does do well, what you know what he doesn't do well. Do you think that Zach Wilson can be a starter somewhere other than New York, or is he just not a starting quarterback and that's okay? The answer is yes, because I've we've yes, seen he it can before. be a starter elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. The answer is yes, because, well, I'm, I, I, it's yes and no, Ashley. Okay. Uh, it's yes, because we've seen it before where guys go and develop. And they, you know, they they get back on track or they get on track. Geno Smith, even like Baker Mayfield. I know Baker had really good years in Cleveland, like one or two really good year, two two really good years in Cleveland. So it's no surprise it's something that Baker is in the position he's in in Tampa. We haven't seen any type of success from Zach Wilson. Uh, the answer, the 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 no answer is that like it's just that like you were drafted high. Um, and you haven't gotten it done. And it's been a couple of years. So like, let's just move on to the next. Right. And so if I'm a general manager, I wouldn't take a chance on him. You know, I'll bring him in as a developing player, but I wouldn't bring him in as a, a guy that can come in and uh, be a starter, which I don't think anybody would do that. Or I wouldn't even bring him in with like, Hey, come in and compete for the number one job. I would bring him in and say, you know, you could potentially develop similar to like Trey Lance, right? Trey Lance, Drafted by the 49ers. Everybody was high on him. You know, he went uh, before, uh, what was it, Justin Fields, went before Mac Jones, and now he's in Dallas as a developing quarterback, right? I think Mm -hmm. he's going to have that same type of uh, uh, trajectory. So where would you see... In a perfect world, let's say there's a vacancy at every at quarterback position for every single team in the NFL. Currently mm-hmm. constructed, where would you see Zach Wilson being a successful starter? Zach's game, 
Zach is not Zach is like a gunslinger. Zach is like a gunslinger. And so I see him like in in that uh Kevin Stefanski, uh Kyle Shanahan type, you know, offense. I really do like get him outside the pocket, boots, keepers, play action, waggles. That's what I see. Um when you when I watch him play, it's like he's a robot. It's like he's a machine. He's stiff and he has too much flair in his personality and in his game to be in that type of system. With that being said, I think he stays in New York. I think he stays in New York because of one guy, Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers, like he's, Aaron Rodgers is so real, Ashley. Aaron Rodgers is the type of dude that goes there and say, he's fucking a kid, he's young. He was never mm-hmm. supposed to be out there this year. Y'all know this was my gig. We had a plan in place for me to come in, ball out two, maybe, actually maybe three years, and then pass the ball potentially to this kid. I go down a couple plays into the season, and then now he's thrown out there when we know he wasn't ready. He didn't play well. We knew he wasn't going to play well. He wasn't ready. So mm-hmm. let's continue with the plan. I'm going to play this year. He's going to be my backup. I'll get him right. I, Aaron Rodgers is that real. And guess what? If Aaron Rodgers do that, you think Willie Johnson listens? Um. Yeah. But, okay. But to your point then, we're talking about a quarterback who was once a starter, became a backup to Aaron Rodgers, was going to be comfortable in that backup role because he was going to learn from Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen is now the starter again, is falling short once again. So him being a backup to Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he'll learn. But if he he's we've seen him as a starter, not once, not twice, but now three separate times. And he's just not a franchise. He doesn't come across as a franchise quarterback. So do you really think that the leadership, the mentorship, the guidance of Aaron Rodgers is going to drastically flip the switch with that? Yeah, well, here, here's here's what I would say. Um, situations, right? There's a lot of really good players that never became really good players because they didn't have uh, the right offensive coordinator, didn't have the talent around, them, they didn't have the protection. Um, mm-hmm. I don't. I, I'll be honest. Like, if Aaron Rodgers wasn't on his team, I think that Nathaniel Hackett would probably he would have probably been fired, right? So they make the switch mm-hmm. from one quarterback to the next. Nathaniel Hackett is uh, potentially a part of uh, the, 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 let me say it like this. Nathaniel Hackett, this offense is so sophisticated. I played in this offense with Ben McAdoo, Odell Beckham Jr., Sterling Shepard in New York, right? 2018, Mm -hmm. I played in this office, the same thing. Eli Manning led this offense. It's sophisticated. You go to the line and you can get into four, five, six different checks. They built this over time, over 15, 16 years, right? This is Aaron Rodgers' offense. It's mm. only for him. Now you plug in somebody else. So I want to I want to correct myself that Nathaniel Hackett, this offense that they created, that they're running in New York, was for Aaron Rodgers. So now Nathaniel Hackett is in a tough position because he has a young quarterback that's a little bit immature at times and also just doesn't have the experience and the skill set to run this, right? So... Not a good situation for him. Not a good situation for Zach Wilson. Um, now, to answer your question, 
What I didn't like about, here's why I would say he probably won't be a superstar or potentially may not be a superstar or even a starter in his league is because of mindset. And I, I say it all the time, like, look at his eyes. Look how he's responded to it. You tell, you can, you can learn a lot uh, uh, about a person when adversity hits. Do they shake? Do they, do they waver? And so, you know, body language is critical. I don't think people are perfect, but when you look scared, you don't look confident. Mm-hmm. As a professional athlete with millions of people watching you and you got freaking lions on your team watching how you respond and you look droopy, you look nervous, you look like you lost your confidence. That's a big problem. That's a big deal. Even when you know you don't have confidence, you better act like you your confidence is you confident fake it till you as make hell. It. Yeah. You got to fake it till you make it. You have to. There's a lot of guys that are dogs that are having bad years and are bad games and, and, are, and, and their confidence is shaken, but you would never know it. You would never know true. it. And so um, for that reason, it, it makes me nervous about... Uh, it makes me nervous about Zach. You know what I want from Zach? I want Zach to come out and say, shut the hell up. Robert Sala, why the hell did you take me out? Now, I like Robert Sala, but what I'm saying is that edge where it's like, you know what? It's me versus the world. When you mm-hmm. have everybody talking about you, bro, lean into it. Mm-hmm. You kidding me? I'm Zach Wilson. Y'all come do my job. Y'all think it's, you, you, think, you're, you, you think you can do it? You come do it. No, you, you would can. wish, but I don't think he has that in him. Exactly. But that's my point. <laughs> right. And that makes me nervous. Respond. It's about responding. And you don't have to respond that way. But basically, it's like respond with a little edge. And we haven't seen it. Well, speaking of responding, uh, Trevor Lawrence is responding to the just absolutely confusion of what transpired with him on Monday Night Football. Now, if you remember, Trevor Lawrence uh, suffered a high ankle sprain during Monday Night Football's game, Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Cincinnati Bengals. And instead of using a cart to get their franchise quarterback off the field and into the locker room, they decided to have him walk all the way, which just set Twitter (laughs) and media heads and fans just absolutely leaving them scratching their heads. Why would you not allow this man a cart? Well, Trevor Lawrence actually explained the situation. So we may have uh, our answer. Here we go. Oh. We talked about getting a cart, and I was going to get a cart, and then I'm standing there, and you know, I'm, I'm already on the sideline at that point. The tunnel's right there. I just wanted to get off the field, get out of there. I didn't know what was going on with my ankle, and I felt like I could get off. And I was like, hey, you're good. Just don't bring it out. I'm going in. And then once I got in there, I'm like, this is a pretty long walk, you know, but I, I was already there and they asked again if I wanted a cart. I'm like, no, we're going to make it the whole way there. I didn't know there was cameras in the tunnel, you know, so that's kind of there everywhere. Exactly. So, uh, but no, it's, of course we have carts and we have everything we need. And I was the one that, that didn't choose to, to take one, you know, so you guys put that on me and maybe that was dumb. Maybe I should have taken one, whatever. Brandon, how do you feel about that explanation? He took, he, it's on him. I, t- I think we talked about that. Um, well, first, Ashley, you, you're the one I feel like started this whole damn conversation. I feel like you're the first one in America that was like, hold on, why is he walking? <laughs> nobody noticed it. Nobody realized it. But uh, look, sometimes players, you know, they make the decision. I know for me, 
there was a few times where I'm like, I'm not getting on that cart. Like when you get on that cart, it just, it's like bad juju. He don't want no bad juju. Now he gave his explanation. I believe him. You believe him? I just, uh, I would have taken the cart, bro. Like call me lazy. Right. Call me what you want. Like, nah, I understand wanting to get off the field. I understand wanting to, you know, not be a distraction. I get it. But, um, Nah, we go. We not resuming this game until I get a cart because I am walking. So like that's <laughs> that's the way I'm set up. Like I hear it, I respect it, I respect it completely. Trevor Lawrence, that's the type of guy you are. But um, me, nah, y'all can wait to resume this game until I get a cart. I ain't walking back. What about you? You walking? Yeah, I'm. 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 Uh, I'm walking. I think I've made. I may have did the cart once. Once, I may have did the cart once, and that was when I was with the Giants and I snapped my deltoid deltoid in my in your ankle. Yikes. You're not even supposed to snap that; like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I I once playing in Chicago, um, broke two ribs. I got I, I caught the ball. Came I was going across the middle, caught the ball. Beautiful catch, one hand, boom, fall down. And the safety just comes and tags me off. And as he's going just to tag me, touch me, his knee, he his knee hit me right in the ribs. Two broken ribs and a collapsed lung. And I just like couldn't breathe. And I'm laying on the ground. I was like, oh, this is a feeling I've never felt before. I don't think I'm gonna be able to get up. But I end up walking, you know, to the locker room with that. You know, I was just a guy like I just don't want to be on the court. Like, mm-mm, bad juju, can't do it. So that was a tough situation, but I was able to still walk uh, to the locker room. And I had to get in an ambulance. That was the only time I had to get in an ambulance to go to the hospital. It's crazy. Answer, let me tell you about this. This is the freakiest thing. So, boom, broken ribs, collapsed lung. My butt. My dumb butt goes in the locker room. I'm thirsty. I drink a Gatorade, an orange Gatorade. Boom. Get to the hospital. They're like, all right, we got to put you under, Mr. Marshall. I was like, all right, cool, no problem. It's like, have you had anything to drink or eat in the last couple hours? I said, mm-hmm. nothing to eat, but I just drank a Gatorade. It was like, oh, we can't put you under, but we got to put this tube in your side. I said, okay, how are we going to do that? Like, we're just going to just try to numb you up. Boom, put this in your, you know, this needle in. And then we're just going to cut you. We're going to open you up. So, Ashley, they did that. And then they sliced me in between ribs. And they took, I kid you not, the size of like a damn, like a, a tube, the size of like two quarters put together. And they start shoving it in this hole. And you can hear things. It was so disgusting and so scary. But I had to, I had to be woke for them to put this tube in my side. It was crazy. But after I felt like a legend, I was like, yeah, I did it. I was woke. And they put this crazy tube, big tube in my side while I was woke. You have that's anything crazy. like that? Any, no. any 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 horror stories like that? Any no, that's insane. Nothing? Uh-uh. Okay. That's crazy. All right, listen, we're going to go ahead and spend the last 15 minutes of the show playing a little game that uh, Brandon 
love so much. And that is called, what's the word? So I'm going to give you a sentence and you need to fill in the blank with a word, not a sentence, not a, a an essay, but a word. Okay, here we go. Okay. Um, the Patriots, they're free falling right now. It's absolutely just crazy what the Patriots are versus what they have been for as long as I can remember. They were shut out against the Chargers on Sunday, and now they're going to go ahead and face the Steelers tonight, Thursday night football. So the Pats offense will be blank against the Steelers. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm trying to, this is a good one. This is a good one. They will be double O. That's double O. Yeah. So they were shut out last week. They're going to get shut out. Oh, my God. Okay, that's not (laughs) you're not doing this right. Here we go. Look, the Patriots offense will be helpless against the Steelers. That's like double. No, one word. It's a one word. What's the word word? Not phrase word. All right. All right. So they will be. They will be. Blanked. Blank. That's what we say. You, you got a when you got a goose egg up there. You don't put no points on the board. Blanked. Blanked. Terrible. Horrible. Well, listen. Known as the Patriots. The Patriots will be going against, um, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, as we know. Kenny Pickett is out, but we've had this conversation, um, a few times. And just like the Cleveland Browns, I feel like the Steelers' success is not necessarily because of Pickett. So I don't feel like removing him from the equation is going to be a drastic um, shift for them, a drastic, you know, a, a, a drastic loss for them, if you will. Right. But you can say that in terms of Mac Jones and Mitchell Trubisky, at least the quarterback competition, would you say it's a little bit more even or would you say it's about the same in terms of if he was going against Kenny Pickett in terms of competition? I, I Listen, I, I think that. Uh... Pickett is the better quarterback. I think he was in a bad situation um, this year, and we saw that once they made the change and they fired Matt Canada, production went up, right, 400-yard day. And they haven't had that in, what, how many years or whatever. Um, Trubisky, this is a heart thing again. I, I think that Trubisky will be fine, you know. I, I, I think that I, from where they left off uh, before he went down, I don't think there's going to be a major drop off offensively for the Steelers mm-hmm. actually. So. All right, listen. Um we're going to move on to another one. We're going to head to Chicago. The Bears, okay. they're going to go ahead okay. and try to spoil the Lions as the division oh. leaders when they come in town. Um so Fields will be blank against the Lions on Sunday. Say that one more time. Justin Fields will be blank against the Lions on Sunday. Magnificent. Like the Magnificent Mile in Chicago. Interesting. You ever heard of the Magnificent Mile? I haven't been to Chicago. I keep telling you this. Yeah, but have you heard of it? Yes, I've heard of it. Never been. Okay, yeah, it's Michigan Avenue. They call it the Magnificent Miles, like Saks Fifth and all the other stuff going on. Um. I think this is going to be a game where he gets it done. He'll make some big plays uh, uh, through the air couple. 
but as we know, a soldier field is in Chicago, Windy City, uh, so that there will there, there's a good chance of elements there. Um, but this is when he shows out on the ground. Um, this kid is special. I, I really believe it, you know, and um, a lot of people, it's hard for people to see it and I understand it, but I just like, man, when you look at it, like you put this kid with the right offensive coordinator, give him the playmakers when he has some guys, um, he'll be able to get it over the hump. So yeah, magnificent because it's a guy to have that moment for him. You know, we were just in Chicago. We went to dinner with him and we talked about all of these things. So he, uh, a couple of his homies and, and and me and Cam, we sat down and we were, that's all we were talking about was ball. All we were talking about was this situation. And he understands, like, he understands that he's in a situation and he's built for it. So I'm excited to watch this game, you know, because this is another storyline. It's like, okay, what are the Chicago Bears going to do? Because I can understand if, if he doesn't show well these last couple of games, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chicago Bears going another direction. Doesn't mean that his career is going to, you know, uh, you know, not become what he wants it to become. Because there's other situations, other people will take a chance on. It's not like the Zach Wilson situation where you know teams are going to be like, well, we're not going to bring you in to 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 compete for the starting job or to potentially even start. We've seen that in the past where guys implode on one team and then go in another situation and be handed the ball. Carson Wentz, i.e. Um, so I think he'll be fine. I think he'll uh, he'll put on a show. Um. All right, let's go ahead. One more. Ooh, this is interesting. We're heading to the Giants. Tyron Taylor is healthy and he's ready to return, but Brian Dayball is sticking with Tommy <laughs> DeVito as his QB1. So... Tyrod losing his job to DeVito is blank. It's a good decision. Mm. You're, 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 you're out of it. You're, 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 you're out of it. There's nothing, there's nothing to gain. Mm-hmm. Right. So this young quarterback, um, the guys like him in the locker room. I was uh, on, you know, a couple of the guys pages yesterday and they were posting him in the locker room. So like when, in, whenever, you know, you post your teammates in the locker room, you're making fun or you're having a good time. It shows that you like them, right? And so mm-hmm. Sterling Shepard and a couple of guys were making fun of him, his outfit, something going on. It was like, oh, they really vibe with him. So that's a good sign there. And also, you know, you can see what you got. You can let him develop so he could potentially be the backup next year to Danny Dimes or if they go in another direction, they bring another quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you do that. Tyrod Taylor, you know who Tyrod Taylor is, right? And then, and if this was early on in the year, you go back to Tyrod Taylor, but there's no chance of you making the playoffs, so you move on. Look at them throwing a picture of Tommy DeVito up there. I see you. That's what you have. That's what happens when you have two producers who are Giants fans. Um, I thought Wu you- was a. I thought Wu was from Miami. Oh no, Andrew is a um, <laughs> is a team hopper. So Andrew, oh, once a Miami Dolphins fan. Twenty years ago, Ashley, it was twenty-three <laughs> yeah, years ago. Doesn't matter. He was once a, a a Miami Dolphins fan. Decided they're not winning enough for me to jump ship to the Giants, mind you. After they won the Super Bowl, so no, he already knew lost. what they were capable of. After they lost the Super Bowl to the Raiders, but they got there. Yeah, ten years later. 
but you knew that this was a team that was capable of, of going back to a Super Bowl. Come on. <laughs> well, I knew the Miami Dolphins have a curse. So that's why I was like, I'm, I'm good. I don't want to. So how do you explain where the Giants are now and where the Dolphins are now? I would say all in due time. Every team has its chance. But, um, yeah, I think uh, Dolphins, only reason they're winning is because the 50-year curse is over. Giants right. So how Giants. do you explain jumping ship from the heat to the nets? How did that work out for you? That's a very <laughs> long story. It, I actually went through Utah, funny enough, because I was following Deron Williams. So when so you were he, a Jazz fan once. I was a Deron Williams fan once. and then So you were a Jazz fan once. I, ch- I, I, I definitely wanted a team to win, but I was a Deron Williams fan. So you were rooting wow, for the Jazz. Wow, pick a side. <laughs> yeah, pick a side and I may have made a couple posts about the Jazz. I so you have. literally, you went from Miami to the Jazz to the Nets. You don't see an issue with that? No, because I started following Deron, who went to who went from Jazz to the Nets. First of all, who follows Deron Williams? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. y'all acting like Deron. I gotta say, that's like my, the most random player to like follow, like religiously. Nah, bro, that's like his crazy. game mimicked my game when I was growing up. Trash. Oh, there we nah. go. Yo, I would have had never nah, Andrew. I honestly would have had more respect for you if you were like, nah, I follow Jason Kidd, where he went like, yeah. but Daron well, Williams. Hey, no, so bad. What's wrong? With I mean, Deron? Jason Kidd was right there, like right there. I just didn't care for Kidd. I was good, but you cared for Daron Williams. Daron, but yes, whatever. Sorry, Daron <laughs> Williams. You cared for Daron Williams? Yeah, I liked this game. It was it was a perfect era for me. I think it was the light skin thing. It was a little bit of that. Jason Kidd's light skin. Nah, little probably. That's not. That wasn't a factor. That was not a factor. Okay. Can I tell you? I've actually I interviewed him. Not Jason Kidd. Daron, Darren, whatever. Um, <laughs> he was not, not very nice. <laughs> he doesn't seem he like was, it, right? I saw him doing. No, he wasn't. He wasn't with Frank. Gore. I've never like had an. I've never in my life like had an interview where I walked away and I was like, "Oh, that person wasn't very nice." He was the only person that I walked away from that interview and I was like, "He's not very nice." Like yeah, he was just very like short Yo. and just like. <laughs> I what? just followed the man for like two or three years because I enjoyed watching his game. I thought it mimicked my yeah, game. Yeah, that shouldn't make you. Uh, switch teams though. That's Brandon, wild. I know you're not talking. Okay, well, I was a fan of him. Hold B. on, B. Marsh, you done, you, 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 you right there. Are you a Nets fan? Strays. Huh? I catch strays. You're. I mean, are you even still a Nets fan? You I don't change, even know who you. you first off, time out. Hold on, listen. Where were you born? Uh, where were you born, Wu? Day County. Okay, so you were you you had an opportunity uh, to follow a team from. Birth for real, yeah. Facts basketball, football, baseball. Uh, I don't know if the lightning was was around then. Um, the hockey team, Ashley, you were born into your situation. Okay, mm-hmm. your father said we're going to be cowboys in this household, although we're New Yorkers, and then also you had the you had the Knicks right there, of course, and the Yankees and the Mets. I'm from Pittsburgh. There was no basketball course. There was no basketball team, professional basketball team. I had to find my way. And my way I mean, was Billy was right there. MJ. The my my way was players. So we don't have a team. So you know what? MJ is my guy. Okay. 
MJ retires. What do you want me to do? I got to pick somebody else. So now it was D Wade. And I also, you know, I rock with Carmelo because I got drafted to Denver Broncos. Uh, Melo was there. You know, he owned the city. And, uh, you know, he was really nice to me. And so then they retired. They're old. They're done. What do you want me to do? So I'm, I Philly, chose Philly, Donovan Mitchell Philly. as my favorite player right now. Philly is right there in, in Pennsylvania. You had AI. You know, you could have been a six. Right. Fan. Like, make so, it so, make sense. So, but here's the whole situation. Hold on. And again, so Donovan Mitchell, new player. You know, my favorite new player. So, like, I talk about him at times, right? But I was in Brooklyn. So now I don't want my son to grow up, my sons to grow up the way I grew up. No basketball team. Not, we can't, no affiliation. We not protected. So you know what I said I, when I was a Jet? I said, you know what? We're going to lay our roots right here in Brooklyn in this city. I mean, and I'm that's how that. I became a Nets fan. It wasn't for that. me. It was a sacrifice for my two sons. I'm not mad at so, that. So come on. You Thank know, you, Brooklyn. Yo, you know, sorry. Brooklyn. I, I like lying your, right. I like your story. <laughs> no, it's not. You know, no, your, it's not. Your story makes it. sense. There's, that's there's the, some. Go ahead. You know, your story makes sense. There's some reasoning behind it. Some logic of by who I don't know what his reason is. <laughs> Darren Williams <laughs> is not the reason to be going across all Bro, these teams. <laughs> I was the biggest Heat fan in the '90s, and just like the Dolphins, I realized that losing wasn't for me. And I made a grown-up decision, bro. That's all it is. It all happened around the same time. I was like, these Miami teams suck. I, I'm happy that, you know, some of my friends get to gloat now, but, like, the they were ass. The Heat only been around since the 90s. You should have just rolled with them. <laughs> I know. It was like Yo, you sound like Mace. Y'all sound like Mace and Cam Mace. He's like, I only rock with winners. <laughs> Mace, whoever, college football, NBA, NFL. He's like, yo, if you a winner, I rock with you. And that can change every week. Mace is funny, bro. Yo. You and Mace, you and Mace got a lot in common, Woo. Yeah, yeah, like switching teams. <laughs> just just switching teams. Bro, that's wild. Though that is wild. I don't know. So I don't wait, know who if is I've your, ever heard that before. Who is your team now? Who you asking? I'm asking Brandon. I know what your stupid team is. Why, 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 why is this about, this started off. The, I'm just know, curious. So who is your, who is your team now? Some days I'm back. Phoenix. I'm in the portal. Oh God. <laughs> 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 I'm in the portal. Hey, now what do you say about my loyalty, Ashley? You are in the, tra you can't be in the transfer portal in December, bro. You got to pick a squad. You're not going to pick your squad come oh. March. Well, so you know who I'm rocking with in the NBA doesn't mean it's my team. Right, and the reason so why the, I'm in the portal the right now, yes, yeah, the Suns, and don't need any other. I know that, but I gotta figure out for my boys. Like, if I don't know if I'm gonna raise my kids in Miami, I might move back to Brooklyn. So I don't want to jump ship right now because, you know, what I'm saying like I don't want my kids to be like, damn, we wishy washy. We ain't wishy washy over here. We not Uncle Wu. We not him. <laughs> Yo, that's Uncle you, Wu. You, you, you literally have an option right now to jump ship. From the Brooklyn Nets, go back to Brooklyn and be a Knicks fan, and you're considering maintaining you your loyalty what? to them. That's you know insane. What, I like I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that. Like but, if you gonna move back, but, start yeah, fresh, pick the real squad. Yeah, but I li I literally lived uh, 0.8 miles away from Barclays Center. You know what Who I'm saying? Cares? That's no, that's different. Like you in Brooklyn, you know. In Brooklyn, Brooklyn is Brooklyn is, and just like Queens is Queens, every every borough's different. 
So it's like, like when your kids grow up in Brooklyn and now all of a sudden we're going to go to Manhattan. Those I mean, two different countries. That's two different yo, worlds. I mean, I'm from Brooklyn and the Knicks is my Facts. squad. You know what Facts. I mean? I like but the Knicks. Y'all ain't, ain't have the y'all ain't have the Nets. We ain't have the Nets there all the time. Exactly. So the Knicks is it. Like that's the squad. That's what you go for. That's that's who you root for. And on so, top so, of that, so this, though. Nets fans yeah. aren't real people. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right because you know what I'm saying. Uh, they just got their expansion, not expansion team, but they moved. So let me ask you this, BC. If the Nets were in Brooklyn when you were growing up, would you be a Nets fan? Yep. Would you have been a Nets fan or a yep. Knicks fan? Yep. I probably would have been both. I probably would have been both. Nah, I, you can't be both. Nah, nah. That's cat. You can't be both. I mean. That's crazy. Come on. If they, hold brought, on, hold on, hold on. If, the the, if it, Answering your question, if they was there when I was growing up, yeah, I probably would have been a Nets fan, but they wasn't. They transfer team. They're, they're they just got there. Like that's I'm going for the Knicks. I've been a Knicks fan since young. You heard his answer. Man. No, you but what I'm saying. But here's here's the thing though. Think about think woulda, about how y'all cut. Think about the cloth y'all cut from. Y'all Brooklyn people. Y'all love Brooklyn. Brooklyn is Brooklyn. 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 Be so everything Brooklyn. So if y'all have a team, y'all riding with that team. If you grew up with a team in your backyard, there's no way that you're rooting for somebody else. I don't care if they're. Manhattan's yeah, only a no, bridge MSG, away, which is MS, two miles. Yeah. Madison Square Garden, though, that's that's just hey, what bro, it is. Barclays, bro. It's the new you know, MSG. Is, let me ask the Barclays. This. Watch this. Watch this. This nah, ends the conversation. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna ask Ashley this. <laughs> this nice, ends the no. conversation. Ashley, where's Jay Z from? Brooklyn. Who would Jay Z been rocking with if Brooklyn had a team when he uh, was coming up? That doesn't end the discussion. End the discussion. End He's the a discussion. Cowboys fan too. So where's that theory? Where's yeah. that logic? True. There ain't no. There was the, the Jets, the Giants. Those the Jets, are Jersey the Giants, teams. The Giants been good. You remind us that every lit- time. The Giants no, 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 been good. They've no. been winning Super Bowls. The Giants. The Giants yeah, are, are a New Jersey, Jersey team. Jets are a New York team. Oh yeah, they 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 started in New York. Like the Jets really yeah. are like a New York team for real, for real. Yeah, most for people real, are Giants. Right. Most Giants fans, excuse me, most Giants fans are really like from Jersey. <laughs> well, it's all Not over. This you, one. you don't but know yeah. what you're going to get. What about those from Miami? It's so confusing know, when you're bro. in New York when you when you talk sports with people. People want to talk sports. It's like, okay, what are you? Are you Mets? You Jet? You Mets or Yankees? Like Mets people, Mets you know, fans are usually from Queens. Yankees are usually yeah. everything else. Like, I can't front. I, I grew up a Mets fan. I grew up a Mets fan over the Yankees. I ain't gonna hold you. Yeah, Mets. <laughs> I Jets, wish y'all could Yankees, see Ashley face. Giants. I think it was the orange and blue. You know, I was just the orange and blue with the Knicks. I've never met. I've Mets. never met a Mets fan from Brooklyn. Like the Queen. Like Queens dudes rep them heavy. Like yeah. I've never met a Mets fan from Brooklyn though. Like Brooklyn's Yankees. Really? I like, I yeah, because like Brooklyn Bronx, like they're all Yankees. Like it's not interesting. Mets yeah. is like one of those weird, like it's like Mets is like Long Island, Mets, I mean, Queens, you Mets. You know, back then like, they had Strawberry and Dwight Gooden and they they had some heavy hitters back in the day. Like the Mets was good when I was growing up. So I I like You know what Mets. we have before we leave out of this show? 27 of them things. Welcome, Juan Soto. Welcome to the party, baby. Uh, no um, doubt, Yankees. Uh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, does yeah. it for this edition of Paper Out. Thank you guys so much for listening on SiriusXM Faction Talk 103. We will be back next week diving into week 14 of the NFL season, the NBA, and everything else that goes on in the world of sports and culture. Uh, Have a good weekend, guys. Bye.
Bye. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.